another episode of the Soul Savvy Podcast. Uh, a couple days ago, we had Russ and Alex going through the NBA bubble. Um, I'm glad to hear that they uh, supported the Trailblazers as much as they did, even though um, I know they think they're going to get swept. But I'm, I'm giving the Blazers in six over the Lakers. I'm just putting that on the record before they play in a couple hours here on a Tuesday. But uh, Do you want are... me to comment on that? or No, I want you to be quiet and just let me have my moment. You're my man. I'm going to let you have it. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me have my moment with the Blazers. Um, we are here today because I want to talk about what has kind of happened the last 24 hours uh, between um, one with with Ame and their uh, pre-order. Um, another thing with Telfar, Telf, I think it's called Telfar. I'm just going to keep calling Let's it. Let's go Telfar, with Telfar. Telfar until someone um, corrects me after this goes up. But um, they essentially are a bad company. Just, I don't know if, have you ever heard of them at all? A little bit, yeah. So it seems like they've been in business since... 2004 bags uh they've been making bags for the last six years yeah and recently in the past couple of months i'm going to assume within the kind of the timing of the pandemic yeah uh their bags started to resell yeah um and they are a company that you know describes their product as it's not for you it's for everyone so yeah. you know them being listed on StockX obviously rubbed them the wrong way and pissed them off because you know, why are other people making money off of them? So did you see what they, what they're, what they're opting to do tomorrow? With the pre-sell? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for those not familiar, they are basically saying, oh, you want to resell our bags? Well, good luck. So <laughs> what they're doing on the 19th is they're essentially for 24 hours going to let people pre-order as many bags as they want. You can order any color, any shape, any size, whatever they have available, you can order it and you're guaranteed to get it um, by January 15th. So essentially it's a pre-order, right? They're going to take as many orders as they can in 24 hours and then go into production for all of it. Um, it's a very smart idea because why would they let anyone profit off of them when they can generate as much revenue as they can because they have that much demand? Mm -hmm. um one one thing that they mentioned was a challenge for them was predicting inventory right you know how you know they said they order six months in advance um in your experience how long does nike take i feel like nine months 12 months so it'd be nine months for uh what we call inline products so that general product that you kind of see on shelves all the time flowing in as we call it flow product for jordan's though when you go and ask hey how many am i getting it's pretty much set in stone about a year, maybe even more in advance, mm. um, where the other stuff is nine months. So it's it's a di it's different for allocated product, which would be the stuff that we always want, um, and then the general product is is uh, different lead time as well. Right. So that makes it difficult for any brand to. I mean, you have to predict the future ultimately, and it's decide, a wild algorithm. Yeah, and it's like in a year's time, what are people going to want? Are they still exactly. going to want this? Um, exactly. And that's not easy to do. As we've seen, you know, the past four months since The Last Dance aired, the popularity of any Jordan drop retro yeah. um, is through the roof. Every yeah. single pair is sold out, I'm pretty sure. I don't think anything has sat on shelves. Not no. even the Jordan 11 low IE, which was which, yeah. rarely selling out. <laughs> and, you know, that was a good colorway, but everything's, everything's flying off shelves. There's a new demand and you know, they probably predicted some of that, but clearly fell short. They could have sold more 14s um, 
and obviously more ones they can sell a ton of ones and they're not having the opportunity to do that yeah but keep in mind jordan brands learned this mistake in the past right and probably 2014 they just flooded the market with some of the worst jordan 10s and stuff like that that we've ever seen and it just sat there right so they've they've pulled back and you can see how starved all the accounts are still asking hey what happened what happened why aren't we getting more i'm like well we don't want to make the same mistake again right right it's, it's a it's a fine balance it's hard it's impossible <laughs> yeah that mistake that you mentioned was the one i want to say 20 there's two different ones 2016 was probably the most recent yeah. one where you remember though the triple white um air jordan fours yeah Just all white those oh, yeah. were pure, like your monies yeah yeah the pure monies yeah it was the pure monies they were 30 40 percent off and now yeah. they're like yeah. three or four hundred us on StockX. black cat jordan sixes yeah it's crazy so it's, yeah that brings me to my question of obviously uh telfar has um i'm probably butchering it's butchering the name and i'm so sorry i should have looked this up before we started recording so telfar um They've obviously decided to take it in their own hands. They're just going to produce as much as they can, um, sell as much as they can, and they're not worried about how that affects their hype and their demand or the perception of their brand. Um, you know, on that related note, they announced that on Monday, today's Tuesday, today they had an, um, a restock, a planned restock with set inventory, and it took them three minutes to sell out versus 15 seconds. Right. So, yeah, I think it's scared off a lot of resellers because they're realizing, oh, if everyone gets a bag, then I might not be able to sell this and it's a risk to purchase something. Exactly. So it's, it's, been, it's been an interesting test. And then when we go into the sneaker world, um, you know, I opened up Slack this morning in Soul Savvy and I looked in the cop channel. Um, did you see it today? Yeah, I, I copped actually. So you were one of them. Uh, and I'm not a VIP or anything. Yeah. <laughs> I never bought anything. Right, right. So it was a damn good feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for context, um, Ame Leandor, for uh, the, those of you not familiar, um, they have a New Balance collection coming out for the, what they're saying, I believe is uh, spring, summer 2021. 20, yeah. Um, and they let people raffle, not raffle, reserve the shoes early on um, Friday. Everyone who reserved the shoes, it looks like almost everyone got the shoes. Yeah. So that brings me to the question is, did they just do a pre-order and not tell anyone? And I'm confused. Yeah. What, so you're saying they're not shipping till summer? Or, or I, don't think, I don't think they're going to ship for four months. Okay. Wow. That's yeah. impressive. I didn't, I didn't think New Balance had that um, rate it of production. It could be a test. I mean, look, you know, we talked about this in, in one of the last podcasts about understanding inventory yeah. levels. A big New Balance New Balance drop is like 2,000 pairs, yeah. right? Like if yeah. they're looking to do a test to see what they can do, if you can do a pre-order for four or 5,000 units now, guaranteed, sold out, Yeah. why would you not try it? Absolutely. Obviously, uh, we're speculating, right? I, I don't have any actual insight into if this was a pre-order, if these are ready to ship, I saw some things on Twitter that some people's orders were shipping. Yeah. I, I heard that too. I was talking to Dean this morning and he said, uh, some people had shipped. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. But ultimately I, I think they're producing based off demand because everyone won that raffle or that got a reservation confirmed yeah. that submitted it. Um, 
so it's again it's very interesting because you know some of some of uh Ame's best-selling sneakers this year are reselling for a ton of money oh yeah and you know perhaps new balance and ald looked at that and go yeah no this is not how we want to do it let's try to make the most money we can and what does that look like yeah which then brings me to my question what if jordan did this what if nike did this what if mamba week next week was not what's probably going to be an like a small amount of inventory and stock that's going to be frustrating what if they went to next week and said hey we're going to make in honor of kobe's legacy we're going to make as many kobe fire pro tros as we can as you guys can order in 24 hours what's the downside in that who loses i think obviously there's two sides to it i think from a brand perspective and production standpoint to produce that many sneakers let's say they did the kobe you're talking like a few million plus pairs of shoes, right? Okay, let's say we cap it at a million. Which they might be doing already. That's the thing, right? It's just, it's not the right way to do it, I guess. It's the, the best way to do it sometimes doesn't make sense for a big brand like Nike. Mm. Or I always say Nike's their biggest competitor. You know, they're their biggest worst, they're their biggest worst enemy. You know, they bully themselves. They run themselves off the road a lot. And they don't, they don't like to copy either. That's the other problem too. Like they could be like, this is a great idea. We should have done it. But then they could argue, we already kind of do it already with Nike ID. You can put whatever you want on it. Put your name on it. Put your kid's name on it. Do whatever you want. Right, right. So why not take something like the big stage Kobe and let people go crazy with it? If you want to generate revenue and, and stifle the resale market, why feed people something that's like, how many units do you think they produce to the Kobe fives? maybe a couple hundred thousand, maybe a hundred thousand. Maybe. Yeah. Probably a hundred. Yeah. At best. Like uh, no. unless they spent the last six months making more, which is totally possible. Yeah. I'm worried that that shoe is going to be sold for three or four times retail because they didn't make enough. And to me, it's like, what's the point of something like, I don't think the legacy of that shoe or the hype around a Kobe um, sneaker goes away. If 2 million people have it, Look at the look at the bread look at the bread elevens. Yeah. Right. So you know, again, my question is why not? And it seems like you would say they're not never going to do it. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't think never. I think right now it's just a sensitive time with the whole Kobe line in general. And I think they're saying let's go ahead with it the way we planned. And that mm -hmm. could be something they do in the future. Hopefully, it has a charitable aspect to it if mm -hmm. they do do it because we're talking a few hundred million dollars in sales. You know, with a scary margin, which hopefully is going to the right places in terms of you know, some of the profits, right? So yeah. I think it's possible. I mean, you know, we've seen Kobe go on Nike ID before. I, I remember yeah. so many members were able to cop that, you know. Uh, hopefully they do more of that, you know. Maybe it's more personalized with, you know, more aspects of his life being able to be put on the shoe and stuff like that, right? But I, wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah, I guess I just come from a place of like, Obviously, that 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 fine line of what's too much, what's not enough, maintaining yeah. stock, maintaining hype. Yeah. Um, can I, I feel like you can find that answer by a, a, just in the simplest terms of pre-order, uh, right? Like my opinion on whether I want a Kobe Five Pro Tro big stage is not going to change now in six months. In a oh year. yeah, like, I no, want that sure. damn shoe for sure. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like you know when we did the 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 Soul Savvy one. Yeah. Um, Pre-order. We just were like, we're gonna make as many as we could sell, and at the time, we could sell 300, 300 pairs, and that's what we produced. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, 
I just hate to see anything reselling for over 500 bucks. Like I'm of the belief that if, if the only world we knew were, was that something reselling for $500 was insanity and that was crazy money. Yeah. We would feel the same way about that $500 shoe as we do about a shoe right now. That's worth $2,000, right? It's just a matter of perception. I, I just think, the brand's got to figure this out. Like, um, you know, Nike though, they work, they work in four year time slots. So, yeah. You know, their four years is set. That's the problem. You know, they don't just stop the engine and say, mm-hmm. this is a great idea. Like that engine's running. And if it's on the production chart and it's, they know it's going to be a dud, it's still running like that right. stuff that, you know, remember like the, the original um, lunar Epic that was supposed mm-hmm. to come out. Well, they didn't like it. Like, this is not going to be our competition for Ultra Boost. This is garbage. Yeah. They still ran that shoe. They hit it and called it something else. And I, mm-hmm. I remember we tried it. I'm like, hey, this is it. Like, there's there's a lunar, you know, it's in here, you know. React yeah. is in here. Uh, but they couldn't stop that train from running. Like, it had to run right. its course. And that's the problem with the big brand. When you have so much production power, can't just turn a switch off. Like, everything is just, it's going. Right. Whereas... You know, planning. I'm I'm sure there's something being planned uh, to give back uh, what we want in terms of you know stopping this nonsense of two thousand dollars and whatnot. But unfortunately for the Kobe, I think it's it's bound to happen yeah. just based just based off of the unfortunate circumstances, right? Right. I mean, like, look, I, everything needs to still resell because if nothing resold, it would not have the same aura around it and the same no. mystique. No, well, all I'm just saying is like, they have to figure out that math for the next cycle where yeah. they can really understand um, and the difference between a sellout and something going for 40% off, going on sale for 40% off that has a legacy in the history. It's, it's tough. Yeah. Like everyone yeah. was just shitting all over Jordan in 2016, 2017. Oh, absolutely. Um, and they were all, all up on the Adidas really? hype train because- yeah. Adidas couldn't make enough boosts. That's all it was. It was yes, just so yeah. limited. Enough people couldn't get it, and everyone just lost their mind. Um, whereas now it's like a new Ultra Boost model comes out, or a new colorway comes out, and people are like, "Oh, dope! Yeah, I'll cop it when it's forty percent off." Yeah, thirty percent off. Like Adidas has to constantly discount thirty percent to sell through their their inline product. But that's um, the biggest fear, right? Like you know, working with Nike, they would always say, "Whenever something good comes into the outlet store." you know, we, we close our eyes and, and yeah. put the 40% on it and hope it goes and hope nobody sees it there. Right. Yeah. They hate, they hate when people see the good stuff in there because they yeah. failed, right. They did something wrong and yeah. learning from those 2016, 2017 mistakes and seeing, you know, 800,000 pairs in a GR and they've maybe sold 20% at retail. Mm-hmm. That, that that gives them nightmares like that somebody lost their job over that right like yep. that's that's huge money that's a huge l for the company yep. so being able to learn from your mistakes and now coming to a new era where okay StockX is here now goats here now they haven't planned for it in my opinion probably till another few years from their four-year plan right 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 StockX is literally a, a, a dictator of like is something going to sell out you go to StockX, you see yeah. it hovering around retail and you go yeah. Nope. Oh, well, this might sell out, but it's going to be below retail in next week. And people yeah. make buying decisions off that. Exactly. Um, as far as should I wait, maybe get it $10 cheaper on yeah. StockX. Yeah. I'm seeing brands do $10 off, $15 off on release day just to incentivize, incentivize purchases early. Yeah. 
it's it's tough and and ultimately so many new people are coming into the industry that they're trying to catch up right that's why like you know we're seeing the pure money fours reselling yeah. for double retail because someone who just got into sneakers a year ago is like holy shit this is clean this is dope exactly my only option to get it is StockX or goat or whatever yeah. your preferred uh, method of buying secondary is yeah it's it's a it's a tough it's a tough balance and i just want to see it would be super cool to see Nike or Jordan try a pre-order. I, I would just love to see what that looks like. And if they say this is for the people, for everyone, you have to be patient and we're not going to release it again. Like, yeah. what does that look like? I'm sure there'll still be resale around. Like, you know, if it, if it gets produced in six months, people will still pay resale, but yeah. it would be super cool to do. And maybe you customize it. Maybe the future of this is, is customization that um, no two shoes are alike. And they're all a little bit different because you've, you've done something and that's where they make the most of their money. Um, yeah, they're going to have to figure something out. Yeah. They can't, they can't be losing out potential revenue through secondary sales and then also not knowing who their actual customer is, right? Yeah. Um, Somebody actually told me an interesting fact. He said, Nike can produce about 20,000 Pegasuses in an hour. Oh, shit. That's probably their most basic shoe, right? It's simple, yeah. outsole, upper. But you add something like, I don't remember, think you remember the lunar eclipse. It had three outsoles basically layered on each other. Mm-hmm. He said that that would take about, in an hour, take about 5,000 units to produce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's a, there's always going to be a production issue as well. You slap right. 2 million units onto a shoe that, like the Kobe, it's not, a, it's not, it's probably like an in between shoe, right? It's got some tech in it. There's, mm-hmm. there's layers to the outsole. Yep. It's not the easiest thing in the world to do either. You look at that. On a new balance, that's a base model, right? That's easy. That's been around for 30 years. Make it forever. Yeah. And so it's there. The last is easy to, to produce and and slap it on, right? Yeah. There's always gonna be lead time issues, you know, people, but when am I gonna get it? Well, would you wait two years for that Kobe if two two million people were waiting for a made-to-wear Kobe? Two years is a long time. Two years is a long is is a long time, but you know, I just I just remember the feeling of waking up this morning, seeing my order confirmation going dope. I got this, cool. I got my, my new balance, my all new balance secured. Awesome. I'll get it whenever I get it. Yeah. And then seeing Slack and seeing the community just as stoked and everyone having their pair secured Yeah. and no one caring what it's going to be fucking worth no. in, in a week or in a year. They just wanted the shoe cause it's a nice shoe and they like both brands and the quality and all that stuff. So but that's the soul savvy way. Right. But, preach. but you look at outside of our community, I bet you there's some people who are like, how do I get rid of these now? Can I stop? Uh, yeah. Well, that's their fucking problem. <laughs> I don't give a shit about them. But there's you always know? some bad apples on the other side. Right? But that's what I'm saying though. Like the people who would like this concept are people who are going to wear the product. The people who don't like it are the ones who are exploiting the culture and exploiting the product. And so and- what if, what if Ame said, and told everyone before, hey, this is pre-ordered. I have no idea when it's going to ship. That's going to be the interesting thing. Like, I'm super curious. Yeah. <laughs> See it for Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> it's got a Christmas colorway, I'll tell you that. The green one kind of is. If I, get it, if I get it before the end of the year, I'll be happy. I don't know if that's going to be in a month or, or in four months, but it is what it is. Two weeks later, DP emails on me. Hey, where's my shoes? <laughs> Where, where's my order, motherfuckers? I know how impatient you get, okay? <laughs> uh, I do want my I do want my kicks. But yeah, it's just like, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of some other examples, but well, Travis, Travis does it with his apparel, right? Six to eight weeks. 
he's slapping logos on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I respect it. Yeah, a lot of um, companies do do that. I mean, we do that with our shirts. Yeah, we do it. Yeah, like we don't need to own excess inventory. And the other problem with excess inventory is just like, if you get the production wrong, like you're throwing away goods. Although, like I saw Gap this year, I think they're donating sixty million worth of unworn yeah. product that they can't sell. But I've seen stories of Burberry burning thirty million dollars of product because they don't want to see they don't want people to devalue their brand. So, like, yeah, it's really hard. Well, some of the some of the biggest fashion houses have actually stopped production during COVID to make sure that you know the product is still scarce. Yeah, yeah, and they're not afraid and, to admit it. Yeah, no, for sure. I I completely believe that it's. I know I've said it like five times today, but it's a fine line to balance that supply and that demand and that that mystique that goes around your brand. Because again, like something you can't get, you want a little bit more, and how you yeah. tug at that um, is easier said than done for some brands, but. I just, yeah. I just couldn't help but think about, you know, seeing Telfar do with their bags and as they call it a security program. So it's for the people so that everyone gets it just really was compelling. I, I think you're right though. I think it's the future. Nobody wants excess inventory. Or the risk associated with it. Right. Or the, exactly. So if you know what you need to make, you know, go make it. Have yeah. a designated factory for that. You make it killing. Yeah. It could be the, it could be the future of e-commerce. Um, will Nike and Jordan implement it? Probably not. But like, maybe a, a hot new sneaker company comes into the fold uh, in the next couple of years and says, you know, this is how we're going to do it. And th they design something that captivates people. Yeah. But then the flip side is like, how long can they sustain that? Right. Like, so there's always a flip side. That's scary. Right. It scares yeah. a lot of brands away. So yeah. It's, it's tough. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. That's what a lot of big brands mentality is. But exactly. There's, exactly. A, there's a new consumer who's vocal and who isn't afraid to say what they want to their brands that they love. You have to listen, right? Yeah, it's, it's survival now through that way. You don't control the market anymore. The customer does. Yeah, has a major voice in the industry, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what I wanted to to wrap about here was: could we see pre-orders in sneakers? What would that look like? What would that do to the market? And a lot of unanswered questions because, I mean, it would take some testing and some data to really have an idea. But I am of the opinion that. Um, there's certain releases that you know Jordan brand and Nike could double their stock, increase it by 50% and see no change in the perception of that style or that silhouette. Obviously the Jordan one is a good example, but then there's people who go, I don't want everyone to have a Jordan one. And you know, you know where I stand. I, I don't care. I, yeah. you know, like it's, there's billions of people on earth. If 200,000, more have the same sneaker as me like oh sorry like it's not a big deal it's not that serious um, I agree. but i understand the flip side where you want to have something that feels special to you and unique and no one else has it like i get that perspective yeah. as well so yeah um yeah it just comes down to each user so we'll see we're going to keep an eye on kind of what telfar ends up doing with their bags um what happens with this ame new balance collaboration when does it ship what does it ultimately resell for? How much demand is there for it? And does it inspire a major brand to take a risk and, and do something similar um, going forward? Love it. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. We will come back at it next week with uh, some more quality sneaker content. <laughs> <laughs>